On today's episode, the very first episode of PowerView, we will begin our journey taking a look at how our societies reinforce the idea that we need to gain power to have control over our lives. This leads to four major overarching areas of society that supports this notion around power and control, and ultimately is the root cause of what's holding us back. As always, he's Jordan, I'm Brayden, and together we are the Realist Idealists, and this is PowerView. The ultimate form of power is control. It is in the power to do something that we gain mastery over our freedom. In life, all we want is to have control over the different aspects of our lives. The desire for control is very much so a natural one. Nobody loves being told what to do when they can do it. From a young age, we are constantly trying to control our environment. From me being able to decide what, what to eat or what to wear where to go, or how to do something. We work in order to get paid so that we are able to do the things we, we want. We strive to become entrepreneurs or to be promoted to leadership positions so that we can have a say in how things are done. We go to school in hopes of getting the best jobs available to allow us to pursue our hopes, our dreams, our desires. Everything we do in life is done in an attempt to give us more control over the outcomes in our lives. The issue comes when our desire for control over our lives inevitably pushes us to assert control over others. So what happens when we feel the only way to have control over ourselves is by having control over others? I do want to stress that this desire for control over our lives leading to power over others really and truly is natural and isn't always a bad thing. I have a one-year-old at home, and basically from the day she was born, she's been trying to take control over her life. Since she can't do everything herself, this leads to her trying to find ways to control everyone else around her. Anyone who is a parent knows the power their kids have over them. Kids will always find a way to manipulate their environment to try and get what they want. She can't talk yet and mainly crawls everywhere, but even with those limitations, she manages to pull on our heartstrings to help her do what she wants to do. That skill of getting what we want from a young age is what drives us forward, and our desire to achieve it is continuously furthered every time we're told no. I'm sure most of you have heard the expression, power corrupts. So when our primal instinct to want to have control over our lives leads us to gain more power, we have to ask ourselves, what power controls our own daily lives? And not only that, we have to ask ourselves, does the power that we have over our daily lives corrupt us in any way? It's interesting because the lengths people go to get power is nothing in comparison to the lengths people will take to keep it. We are told that the only way to achieve this sense of control in our lives is through asserting power over others. However, this narrative is simply the result of a system reinforcing itself. In our introduction, I mentioned that we will be discussing four major issues central to the question of what's holding us back. It is my belief that no matter where you live, these four issues 
are what's holding back your society from true progress. It is these four major issues that are at the core of how the construction of our societies exploits our desire for control over wanting freedom in our lives. Now, it should be said that in explaining these issues, it is our goal to be to do so as concisely as possible. Each one of these issues spans multiple layers in how they affect society. In turn, like many of our conversations, this is only just one of the beginning, as we will continue to delve deeper into these ideas and concepts over the course of PowerView. The first of the major issues holding society back from reaching its potential is the race for control. When discussing the concept of the race for control, we are looking at the underlying notion promoted by societies that one must obtain control of their lives by whatever means permitted. The freedom to be able to do what we want when we want to is naturally within us from birth and is constantly challenged by our limitations. The only f- this only further drives our desire to achieve control over our lives. Compounded with all of this is the idea that there is only so much control to go around, meaning if you don't actively seek it, you'll miss your opportunity, driving people as they grow older to seek ways to gain control in life. The concept of trying to gain more control to earn your freedom in itself is not determined from our societies. However, inevitably, if we continue pursuing our desires for control over our lives, this leads us to pursue control over others. It is in this pursuit of ultimate control of our lives that we lead, we are led to the control of others in order to secure our own freedom. The second major issue facing societies is the fear of the other. Humans are naturally tribal beings. However, what or who we attribute to being part of our tribe is completely open-ended. Yes, they have to adhere to a fundamental core set of beliefs, nevertheless open-ended. Fear of the other exploits our sense of tribalism. When things go wrong, we look for someone or something to blame. We don't know is not good enough when we deal with pain. And sometimes, people exploit this need to direct our feelings towards something, anything, to be able to process what went wrong. Weaponizing the idea of fearing the other is one of the main tactics used by those who are trying to gain or maintain control over others. This is done by painting a picture of given situation through a lens that portrays a group as a problem that needs to be controlled. This is sometimes commonly referred to as scapegoating, when an individual or group is blamed and presented as a threat, even though in reality they are not in the cause of the problem ultimately or ultimately to blame. The concept of fear of the other can be taken further by utilizing these scapegoating techniques of skewing information to make the rest of the population justify actions against the scapegoated group or individual, simply because they are made to be seen as the other, rather than one of us. It can be true that a group that has been presented as the other can be partially at fault or bear some blame, but in many aspects of life, it is often that this is only part of the picture, and yet only one group is being presented as the problem. The third issue is for-profit societies. For-profit societies is a bit of a different situation than the concept of race for control and fear of the other. There have been many great things that have come out of for-profit societies. It has allowed people to reinvest their wealth into new ideas and business ventures that have otherwise may not have had the opportunity to engage in. However, 
even with all those great things, we believe it is fair to say that you don't have to look too far to see how having for-profit societies can easily, easily lead to exploitation. When an individual or group is able to accumulate an unproportional amount of, of profit, they are able to use the profits to manipulate the system. Through this manipulation of societal systems, those who are able to manipulate it are able to manipulate it so the rules the rest of society have to follow do not apply to them. It is one of the greatest tools for gaining control and freedom. And lastly, number four, the illusion of choice. Now, when we're talking about the illusion of choice, I like to think of this idea as a two-sided coin. On the one side, we have the illusion where we believe we are making a decision or choice based on an inherent difference between our choices. Like, say, in an election, voting for one political party versus another. We believe that in making that decision to choose one political party over the other, that you have made a distinct decision based on your personal preferences. This, of course, is true, at least to some degree, when looking at the fine details of your choice. Like in the example of choosing which party to vote for, we may compare one political party's policies, say, on taxes to another and see clear differences. However, when we take a step back, the overall picture of the two decisions are not as distinct as we instinctually believe. The other side of the coin that is the illusion of choice is actually the complete opposite of feeling like we are making a choice. On this side of the coin, we are dealing with the feeling that we have only one choice or no other choice, which essentially means no choice at all. In the same election scenario where you have two political parties and you feel like you dislike both of them, but one of them you definitely dislike more than the other, so you have no choice but to vote for the lesser of two evils. This is arguably the largest hurdle that we face. It is so often that we, f we are searching for a different solution or choice, but when we look around, we see no other option. Though it may be hard to see now, it is our purpose for this channel to show that there still can be choices to be made. These four major issues, the race for control, fear of the other, for-profit societies, and the illusion of choice, are something that no matter where you live, these four things have had a negative impact on where we live and how we govern ourselves. Now, it is often believed that these four things are simply natural within our society. However, we would argue that they are simply innate within the system we've created for our societies. This, of course, begs the question, is our system that makes up our societies natural? Or if not, then where does the system come from? To answer the first part of that question, no, our systems of governments or economics or laws are rarely based upon the natural order of things. And the main reason for this is that humans are not limited to the natural order of things. Yes, natural laws exist, and we are governed by certain principles that we have no control over, but our societal systems are not one of them. So going off the, the, off the basis that we are the people who live in our societies, have a hand in creating our societal systems, we need to ask ourselves, who gets to create the system? Well, like we see in other countries today, the people who make the rules 
our parameters or our society abide by are done so by those who hold power within it. So how do these how do they obtain these positions of power within society? The simple answer is through amassing wealth and societal capital. Basically, this just means that some people in society obtain a combination of financial assets and societal status, which allows them to have influence influence at such a level that they are able to shape our societies. The issue with this is that it allows people who are in positions of power or influence to establish laws within the system to ensure their personal wealth and position are maintained for as long as possible. This leaves room for biases that will only benefit the people with power directly, as they in turn establish the rules within the very fabric of the system and therefore society. This is exceptionally greater when it comes to looking at global systems. This is particularly interesting when you start to look at society on a global scale. Instead of looking at the people within our individual societies with the wealth and social capital, we are looking at the nations with the most wealth and social capital, and how their actions in shaping our global societies affect the way we live. So in summary, the race for control, wherein society is built around the idea of trying to obtain the means to have as much control and autonomy over one's life, fear of the other, where people target our base instincts of being tribal and use it to try and control the narrative to maintain power. For-profit societies, in their inevitability to have too extreme of an imbalance where wealth is centralized in the hands of few, leading to power imbalances, and the illusion of choice, the way people are made to believe in the lack of choice or even having a choice in the first place. From these four major issues holding us back, though it may seem like an oversimplification, you can see that all the challenges holding us back can connect to these four major issues. As we continue on this journey, we'll be looking at key aspects and factors that shape our society. Though many of the things we will be discussing do have positive outcomes inherent within them, it is our hope that we will be able to demonstrate how these things in practice, unfortunately, have negative outcomes associated with them, and that as time goes on, will have a detrimental impact on our world. Like we've said before, this is just the beginning of a larger conversation that we hope to build a clearer picture as we continue having conversations that connect back to these topics. Because of this, we hope that you continue joining us as we delve deeper into the conversation. As always, thank you for listening. Hopefully you found this interesting, and we encourage everyone to have their own discussions with friends and family, just like we do here. I'm Braden, he's Jordan, and this is PowerView.